podcast with spooky news and frightful views and we're going to share them with each other and you about all things horror indeed all things horror another landmark episode oh yeah 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 yeah. it's what 120 yeah 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 the length of a long movie a two-hour film 120 minutes <laughs> we're 120 episodes and it took just over two years to get here that's right and here we are Let's let's do it. And with a very special guest. But before we say who they are, I am here with Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim, Rusk. And as always, you are the effervescent, the beautiful, the talented <laughs> Brandy Joe Planbeck, the flaming scream queen himself. So flamey. And if you've never listened before, Jeremy and I usually talk about some horror shit and then assign each other a movie that the other one hasn't seen and then we talk about them but on every 10 episodes we do something special and we have on a guest and they assign us films and we also just talk to them about their relationship with horror and jeremy i think that i should allow you to do the honors today yeah and today the guest is my my brother bert bert Bert, do you have a name like how we have our little nicknames for each other? Have you figured out what yours is? It's probably Bobcat. That's usually what the guys at work used to call me. So it's probably going to be my handle, Bobcat. The Bobcat. Yeah, I like that. The bloody Bobcat. The bloody Bobcat himself. Bert, the bloody Bobcat. Rusk. My brother, Robert Rusk, is here. Welcome, Robert. Longtime fiend of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, we love it. Good. Honorary scare boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like it's been a long time coming. Yeah. No. So, Bert, have you been listening from episode one? Or were you like, um, I'm going to see if you guys actually um, really do this and Can put pull out a this couple? Off. Yeah. yeah. Well, to begin with, when you guys started, you kept doing some movies I weren't too familiar with. So my interest wasn't that high. But then you started doing movies that I was more familiar with. Okay. So I started listening to it. Uh, I'm trying to remember which was the first episode, but I tried listening to the first few episodes, but they are a little rough, if you ask me. It's, it's you guys oh, wow. trying to, it's you guys trying to find your your um oh what's the word I'm looking for our voice your, your yes your voice just the but now 120 episodes later you guys definitely have <laughs> it down to like a science. Well, well, I appreciate the honesty. I feel yes. when I li- go back and listen to episode one, I'm like, it sounds just like it does right now. <laughs> Sometimes it, sometimes it's hard to tell when you're living in it. Though. I know. So maybe, I know. Maybe we have come along, but either but way, you know what? I I appreciate. I I like some brutal honesty. I'd prefer that than someone blowing smoke up my ass. So exactly. I appreciate that, Bert. And what's better uh, than to ask the opinion of a relative? I must say, <laughs> in my case, to give you the real truth. So. So okay. First of all, I need to know what is the age difference between you two. Uh, he is four years younger than me. Okay. So Bert, was Jeremy a good older brother to you? Well, once we got into our (laughs) twenties. 
<laughs> but prior to that, when you were like, no, no. Up, was he like, were you in high school together or was he out of high school by the time no, you came no, into high school? No, because of the four-year age difference. I mean, middle school is two years. Then you got high school that's four years. And yeah. I actually got held back maybe a year. So okay. I was actually that's a little cool. older than some of the other kids. So okay. there was actually more of a five-year in our School. school year yeah so i was oh, yeah, yeah I, I graduated as he was starting high school did you at all was there the shadow of jeremy rusk in your actually, high school there was there yeah, was, what was, not, what was the shadow it like it wasn't a shadow but a lot of his teachers remember him and they were always shocked i was the complete opposite of him okay <laughs> he's a, a loud mouth trying to get attention there's me who just doesn't give a shit if people pay attention to me and i just actually am there to learn they're like, what the hell are you? I was a class clown. <laughs> so that's there's what they also, uh, There's also a bunch of Jeremy's friends who were like seniors and sophomores when I was in college. Or not college, high school. Okay. Yep. Okay. And I just remember some kids are like, you know, some of the more bullyish type. A couple of them are like, don't mess with Robert because he's friends with all those crazy ass seniors. <laughs> Talking to like James and some of the other guys who are still around. Yeah, 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 because there is a spread in my friend group where some of them were still in high school when my brother uh, started. So, yeah, he was there. Nick the Knife and, uh, as you know, and Sean and James, all those guys. Love Nick the Knife. What a guy. Yeah. What, what a guy. A guy. Well, cool. Okay, so I, but I know we have, like, some actual questions to get to, but did do you recall watching scary movies when you guys were kids together? Yes, we had cable TV. I don't know what that means. I'm not from here, so. <laughs> it, means, it means there's the sci-fi channel, then you have eight other channels. And you remember that one weird channel that was like channel 39 and it plays all the really weird movies that were like third party, Jay? No. It's like they would play the Rugger Hauer movies, but they were like from Canada, his oh. weird sci-fi, stuff like that. Or they'd play anime from the 90s late at night, but they would play the random horror movies that no one else wanted to buy the rights to because they were like dirt cheap yeah what channel was it was that like the canadian channel or something like that Maybe i don't know or, it was something plex or an international oh yeah 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 it was like cineplex channel or something like that and they played yeah like or there was spike tv that would do the random friday the 13th for like marathons a yeah yeah even though they were edited they were always fun to watch especially on like a oh god a rainy day mm-hmm <laughs> and then there, Jeremy and I watching it when we're not supposed to, as mom and dad are out about doing God knows what. Yep, <laughs> and we'd be like, let's. Shopping. Yep, we'd be like, let's watch this uh, Hellraiser movie together. <laughs> yeah, we did do that a lot. Yep. Okay, so you guys did watch a lot of horror when you were kids, like. Yeah, I'd say yeah. From our thing. the kid years was definitely getting introduced to like Godzilla uh, and <laughs> Most uh, definitely Universal like monster movies. And then as we got a bit older, like definitely I was the teenager that was showing him shit he shouldn't be watching. <laughs> but I'm like, mom, dad still- aren't here. I don't care. I'm going to show you uh, these gory horror movies or these Kevin's, these foul mouth Kevin Smith movies like you shouldn't be watching. But whatever. yeah, yeah. Because your your parents were into monster movies, right? Like the universal stuff. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Most, yeah. most definitely. Okay. So, Bert, what is your horror aesthetic? Like, what horror, what's, like, the the vibe that, like, you go to more than anything or that you love the most? My vibe for horror movies. God, um, Jeremy, I know he's, like, blood, guts. He's a Joe Bob. 
die hard. So he's yeah, like, totally. guts, boobs, stuff <laughs> like that would probably get his attention. So he's like a slasher. Mm-hmm. The old BGB, Blood, yep. Guts, Boobs. Yep, definitely <laughs> slasher movies. God. For me, it's got to be almost like action-y. So I feel like the ones I almost get drawn to, it would be like Predator mm-hmm. and uh, Evil Dead 2. More like so the Alien movies? Like Alien, Alien and Alien? Yeah. Aliens is actually a personal favorite of mine. Okay. Mm-hmm. So and I, like Cocaine Bear that we saw together yesterday must have been like right up your alley too. Oh, that's you have no idea. Too. Yeah, that was like <laughs> tailor-made for you. Yes. The only way it would have been even more so if there was more guns. Yeah. More action. Like the okay. bear taking out a SWAT team or something like that. So you're probably a big fan of like dog soldiers as well. That, who do you think suggested to Jeremy to show you that? Yep. <laughs> I th- that seems that rings a bell now. It feels like forever ago, but yeah. He borrowed yep. it from my collection. Half the movies he shows you are like Tremors, yada, yada. It's from my collection. Yep. <laughs> it just comes over and raids my. Uh... Yeah, I'd, I'd say your your aesthetic is definitely like, as we've talked about, what were you we calling it? Warrer, if you war-or. will. Warrer. Yeah, yeah. war horror. Yeah. Warrer. Warrer. Yep. <laughs> Definitely like Dog Soldiers. I know that's one of Robert's favorite movies, period. So that kind of stuff. And I know I just asked Jeremy about it yesterday when we recorded Cocaine Bear, but have you seen the trailer for Bunker? No, I have no idea what that one is. Oh, my God. It looks so good. I can't wait. We're going to all have to go together because it looks fucking awesome. And I think that's right up your alley. All right, cool. cool. Well, that, oh. that that fits. That 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 tracks. I mean, that's sort of like a vibe of Jeremy's too. But like you said, like his is a little bit different. But I can see how you're cut from the same cloth. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know this answer, uh, but dear brother, what yeah. is the first horror movie you remember seeing as a kid? Hmm. Well, it really depends on the definition of horror. I don't count the Universal monster movies as much as horror as they are just. Oh, I I would any monster uh, movie, anything. What's the like first true like scary movie you remember seeing as a kid? I think Tremors. Tremors. Okay. Tremors or Predator. I mean, like, there's no before time before those. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And I I remember being scared of War of the Gargantuas a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mostly the green one because it ate people. Mm-hmm. War of the what? War Gargantua. of the Gargantuas. It's yeah. a um, it's a kaiju so, movie. Okay. Shiro Honda, the guy who made Godzilla, he also did all sorts of other kaiju movies. And one of his other like really well known ones is War of the Gargantuas, as it's called here in America. Back in Japan, its title is War of the Frankenstein's because they're supposed to be Frankenstein's monsters, bastard children. Oh. I don't know how to phrase this because. Yeah. It's weird. It's so bizarre. But, but they're these two awesome. giants. They're kind of like these humanoid giants that go on apes. a rampage. And they, they look fight. Like big apes. Yeah, and they fight each other. But that well, one, they, yeah. It, it, they, like, eat people and shit in well, it. So it was definitely well, scarier than your normal kaiju. Well, movie. the green one eats people. The brown, okay, the one, green one eats people. the brown one was the good guy. There's a green one and a brown one. The brown one's good. The green one is evil. So it As was you, in color. And it's in color, yeah. Oh, we okay. should show you it one of these days. But yeah, maybe I'll hard. throw it on the list. It's weird for but sure. Hey, you got to remember finding that American cut, the one where they actually say Gargantua, not Frankenstein, is like borderline impossible for some weird reason. So Brandy Joe would have to come here for that DVD copy you've got oh, with the right, right cut. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you're watching it and they're going Frankenstein's, it's not the same. Yeah. You got to 
<laughs> you gotta watch this like how all the other guys who love these movies do like Tarantino, Brad Pitt. I think they've mentioned this. They have mentioned this movie. Yeah, that it's a weird one where it has like multiple cuts that exist of it, like for the Japanese market, the American market, international cut that's different than both of those. So. Oh, no, the international market back in the 60s was just a shit show. Like you could get a movie with like eight different cuts mm-hmm. and it's all different dialogues because they just kept recutting. It's like, God, it's so not until wild. Like the 70s when they started to really formalize everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you talked about what you liked, but I'm curious, like, do you like slashers? What are your thoughts on elevated horror? What, where do you fall on those two sides of things? Well, I'm a fan. I'm a Friday the 13th fanboy. I love okay. it. I got the box set. My dream would be to write one with my brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, but we got to do the Halloween movies we've been trying to come up with first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, okay. I, I know I just asked a question, but I, I we can't move on from that. Give me a, a, a plot detail of one of these Halloween movies. I gotta, there's got to be something, right? That you yeah. Can give me. Okay. So our, our pitch. Take right, it, Jay. Yeah. Right now, our <laughs> pitch for Halloween is to, again, do the, like, David Gordon Green, you know, where they were like, okay, we're going to do a sequel to the original movie and just focus on that. And uh, we're trying to come up with an idea where it's like, what is, I I'd read somewhere where another screenwriter had an idea like this too, like trying to write a script for a Halloween sequel where he's like, what does anybody really know from the series? Michael Myers. So that's like what you need to keep is Michael Myers and the, the shape. Yeah. Uh, so that was our pitch was like, you start with the original movie happened and then Michael Myers has never been seen since. Uh, that killing spree and nobody knows, you know, they have rumors of other similar killing sprees on Halloween nights across the country. And then you pick up in the modern day with like a, another killer, the shape. Maybe it is the same man. Maybe it's not. Who knows? But you just pick up from there and create like a new storyline with uh, the same Michael Myers killer on the loose and try and take it back to basics. But as long as it's thing. not Corey, okay? Exactly. Yeah, that was our idea. Is you would never actually know. You'd never see him <laughs> without the mask. So it's like maybe it's him back from the dead, or maybe it's just a man. Who knows? But continue it that way. All right. What's the one thing, Bert? The one thing I, I, I that would be different from our our movies from like the previous ones is I like the Laurie Strode character, but I feel like it should be more of a Loomis character going after. Yeah, the so legacy I, idea so I, was. I, so I pitched to Jeremy. It, it's a Loomis chasing Michael, but it's not, you know, Dr. Loomis. He's dead. It'd be like mm-hmm. a relative who's inherited the grimoire of Loomis. It's just his big medical journal on Michael. And it should look more like the Necronomicon than a medical book. Yeah. So, so it, it, it'd just be something almost gothic, I think, in some way. Because okay. Jeremy's and I love the universal. We'd probably be treating Michael as like Frankenstein. Well, not Frankenstein because he's sympathetic, more like Dracula. Like Dracula or the Wolfman, like a gothic horror character. But one of the things we want to do is if we got to do this first one, we would call it Halloween Triumphant and our sequel <laughs> would be Halloween Eternal and it'd be set in New York like what Scream's doing. Okay. But it's just Michael ripping apart New York and we'd just be showing how would a big CD handle a slasher proper. Not like Friday the 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan where he's just yeah. Scare some punks. Yeah, he's in Manhattan for two seconds. It's just Jason just <laughs> going through it like a Times Square. Just Times Square. Just bloodbath. SWAT teams. Lockdown. Yeah. Oh. Okay. I'm in so that. That's our pitch. 
Okay. Now, what about TM, 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 TM. What about like Hereditary, Midsummer, The Babadook? What about those types of films? Well, you're probably going to look at me like I'm a psycho because I've never seen them. Okay. No, that's not, that's fine. I, I, I didn't seem like it's not when I hear about them, they don't seem like my type of my my alley. I'm not the biggest fan of like psychological. I, I like the idea of horror, like, Oh God, it's almost like Bruce Campbell's way of explaining horror. There's a monster and there's rules. And if you follow the rules, you might actually have a chance of beating it. I don't like it when like it's unbeatable, like the monster and smile. Mm-hmm. There should be some hope. I know I don't like that old, you know, for all impressive, just crushing defeat. Like there okay. should be at least like a chance to fight back or a way to outsmart it. Okay. All right. I get that. And that's cool. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So, I still think you did. I think you'd enjoy hereditary though, of all those. Like, I think that's totally, uh, it took me by surprise. I think you would love it too. So I know I, you talked about some of your favorite horror movies, but, but if you are deserted, I'm going to, I'm going to stop saying on a, on a deserted Island, let's say you are put in a cabin in the middle of a forest and you're locked up and you're can never leave this cabin in the woods right and you can only take three horror movies with you what three are you gonna bring oh so like whatever factors the ones that are the more most fun to watch or your favorite ones or whatever but you can only bring three uh, probably dracula 1931 okay uh the original king kong versus godzilla okay okay that's like just classic and probably predator because i don't know how many times i've watched it i just never gets old to me and did you like prey yeah i loved it i thought it was fantastic what they need to do is more of these stories that are in different historical periods i mean give me some of these properties i'll come up with something i know i would love to see it like in victorian times or like marie antoinette like like that sort of thing (laughs) you know the comics the dark horse comics they're one of the other uh there's marvel dc then you have dark horse who bought all the movie rights back in the day till all these movies they did a shit ton of predator comics and one of them is victorian london and freaking predator is springheel jack oh wow and that's an old timey urban legend of some possible serial killer. I'm not so too familiar with that one, but it's a weird one. It's like some mechanical man on spring heels. Yep. I don't even know how else to explain he's, it. Jeremy. He's, yeah, he's like a some people call him a cryptid of some kind. Others tie him into like UFO lore. Some people think he was just some sort of maniac <laughs> that was running loose and I'm leaning towards that one. Yeah, but Springheel Jack, he would wear like a costume and attack people on the street and then they said he would jump away, like leap over walls and stuff like that. So, okay. But I could see the Predator tying into that. I'd like to see the Predator in like the French Revolution or something like that, like a super chaotic time period. Mm-hmm. I do I'd probably do Vietnam, but that'd probably feel too much like the original movie, but it would be like, like, oh, God, Jay and I just watched the Wing Hauser movie like a week ago called Siege of Firebase Gloria. That's, oh, tying into our conversation we just had. That's another movie that talk about horrifying non-horror movies because it's a Vietnam, like it's this low budget Vietnam war movie, but it's got some heavy stuff in there. Okay. But there's a, a lot of horror stories that come out of that particular war when it comes to like these isolated bases. So I would do that. It'd be like John Carpenter's the thing, but it's a fire base full of Marines taking on. Well, the Predator would have to be something to be able to go against a heavily armed fire base. So he wouldn't be like 
in Prey where he barely has armor or in the original movie where he's supposed to be, that thing's supposed to be like an 18 year old, mm-hmm. like in the lore. So yeah, it'd be a like a, one. so it'd be a more mature, probably like a four foot wide chest, eight foot tall looking one, like from the video games they do, which by the way, I played the one predator game they had for PS4. Pretty fun. I never was the predator. I was always a commando, but that was way more fun than being the predator. You could be the predator or oh, yeah. predator. Yeah, it's an asymmetrical yep. game. So it's four versus one. And one person's the predator and the predator is mm. overpowered. So it takes strategy. I was last man standing and I went out like Bill Paxton in the second predator movie. Anyone who's seen that one gets to my reference. He stands his ground and tries to take the thing on after he like empties his pockets and throws shit at it. Like <laughs> after he runs out of bullet, he starts throwing a golf ball and change <laughs> and even like a car key. And he picks up a random pipe that's just left on the ground. He's like, bring it on. And you just see him just getting beat the shit out of. Oh, I miss him. all right cool thanks i I appreciate that yeah predator predator for sure i always forget i was like that's like one of bert's all-time favorites so it's a part Uh, of our being jeremy it is our our father (laughs) ingrained that movie into us for sure so yeah what which leads me to think this is probably the answer to this question (laughs) what horror movie do you think you've seen more than any other it's really up between predator and tremors yeah, like those two have definitely are like in the hundred spots, unless you count like RoboCop as a horror movie. Adjacent, adjacent for sure. Adjacent, yeah, yeah it's for very sure. gory. It's but... very gory, which is what I loved about it so much. But those three, of except for maybe Godzilla movies, but those mm-hmm. are I always always count as like something else. Godzilla's Godzilla to me. Like I don't even count it as like kaiju or a monster. It's just Godzilla. Yeah, it's a creature it's feature, horror creature adjacent. Feature. Yeah. Yeah, all oh, creature features don't even get me started. I'll just, it's like that's my favorite. When yep. it comes to Jeremy and I, it's differences. Jeremy, he needs a psycho. He needs something that's messing with your brain. Me, just give me one of the old school fifty movies where there's just a big monster someone accidentally made, and now they gotta fight it. That's it. It's not even like an alien. It's just an overgrown spider. I take Tremors over Predator any day just because <laughs> it's. I think it has. It's fun, you know, and yeah. I, it has a little bit of that humor and the characters are a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah. Um, I, I know it. The, the one about the, the homophobic slur in the one, in the one predator movie. Gotcha. A little bit. Did Jesse it? Ventura, I don't even remember. Jesse Ventura. He says it. He calls everyone slack jaw, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. remember that rubbed you the wrong way. I've listened to you guys enough sure. that I can pick up on when Brandy Joe gets <laughs> rubbed the wrong way. It's like but that. Uh, I mean, that wouldn't keep me from, that wouldn't be like a reason I wouldn't like a but movie. That would be a point against the characters, not so much the 100%. movie itself. Yeah, it's a, yeah. But it's a sign of the time. It's the eighties, nineties. It was more forward thinking when it came to some of their characters. A hundred percent. And I'm open minded enough to to understand that and recognize that, and not let oh, something yeah. like that be like, oh, I'm not going to like that movie because of this. It's just one of those things where you can look at a movie and be like, yeah, that may have not aged very well in that way. But. Because I don't think that would happen as much now, but but I get that 100%. Like, I remember no. loving The Monster Squad, and I think that there's a few references in that, although I haven't watched it in forever. That, that's another movie I think that throws you up there, because how many times did we rent that as a kid, Jay? Oh, yeah, we've seen The Monster Squad, like, as kids. We, we rented it, like, every time we were at the video store. That was one of those constants, like, by the time we were preteens, where we were like, let's get The Monster Squad again, so... I remember mom being like, don't you want to watch any other movie? 
like, nope, Monster Squad again. That is so funny. Um, okay, so do, are there movies that you really love that other people typically don't like, or vice versa? Are there movies that everyone just like gushes over, and you're like, I don't see the appeal here? Well, I'm not a biggest fan of some of like the more mainstream movies. Like you got the Fast and the Furious, which is up to what 10, 11 Ten. movies. I couldn't believe what? that yesterday. That weird trailer that was like a commercial. It looked like a car commercial. It looked like, it looked like a car commercial, just of every character getting into a car. But yeah, Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> like must that. be so glad that she still can get work. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember also, when like, all, her and all the Lost people all got those DUIs and all got like fired from Lost? Yes. Sorry, oh I cut you God. off. What were you saying, Jeremy? Oh, no, I was just going to say, and then also Jason Momoa is now in this this series, because yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, Aquaman's coming to an end, so he needs another franchise to jump into, so. Spoiler alert, I guess I don't have to watch Aquaman now, because he dies. Is that what you're telling me? No, I, well, they're just, I don't. I wouldn't I, watch it anyway. It, it's not known, because DC, like, restructured, so they're, like, yeah. rebooting everything, so nobody knows if he's still going to stay on as Aquaman or not. Oh, that's not Marvel. That's a DC thing. Yeah, that's a DC one. So nobody knows if they're continuing with him in that role because they're they're like restarting everything from scratch. So movies that I like that other people don't like. Horror movies. When I I watch movies with someone, it's my brother who likes it or I make him watch something. And his response is, that was pretty fucking awesome. (laughs) I I, I know Wings Hauser movies. I, I know you've got a couple that I have, which is I know you love the Benicio del Toro Wolfman. Yeah. And the world pretty much hates that movie. Like anytime you look up like critics or anyone reviewing mm-hmm. it, they talk about hating it. But I thought it was good. I know you love that one. Werewolf fight. Yeah. You... <laughs> or uh, another one I could think of is Dracula Untold. Yeah, I dug that one. I mean, yeah, maybe... I remember you dug that one. You got me to watch it. And I was like, it was pretty cool. But everyone else was like, this is lame. But I'm like, it's just Dracula. <laughs> but uh, the origin story. So I don't know. I didn't think it was yeah. terrible. Uh, what upcoming horror movies are you most excited about? What's coming out that has you the most excited? It's that rumor of there being another Friday the 13th. I'm actually excited for it. Have you heard about that one? It's oh, like yeah. Shana Cunningham it has it listed on something. And it's like, what's going on? I'm like, I- I'm pretty stoked for that. But upcoming horror? I don't mean... Cocaine Bear was kind of up there for me. Yeah. Right now, I don't know if there's anything else going on except for maybe that 65, that uh, the one with the dinosaurs. Oh, Adam, Adam Driver fighting dinosaurs. Yeah, but I, that's, I call it horror adjacent. Yeah. But uh, what about uh, Evil Dead Rise? Yeah. That one looks dope as hell. But part of me is like, sometimes we see a trailer and it looks pretty sick, and uh-huh. it turns out it's not as good. Oh, yeah. So it's it's definitely a one I'm like, I would have to actually watch it in mm-hmm. order to judge if it was, you know, good. Yeah. I mean, it looks cool, but it also it's like I've we've seen this before with uh, the 2013 one, mm-hmm. you know, people out in the woods. And it's like, I kind of want there to be a connective tissue. If it's going to have evil dead, there needs to be like an explanation as to what's going on. Or is it just needs to be a book and people reading the book? Oh, my God. Was that 10 years ago? The remake? Yes, yeah. it was already oh, 10 years ago. My God, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it took I, them a while. I mean, they were doing the TV series in between, yeah. but, you know. That is yeah. so crazy. That's, I can't believe that's been so long. Um, 
there was something else in there though. Oh, what about the um what about the Friday the thirteenth TV series? Like what do you have a horror TV series that you watch? Like did you watch Chucky? I watch Ass versus Evil Dead. That was oh, okay. my jam. Okay. I dug that mm-hmm. one. Um I watched a good portion of The Walking Dead before I fell out of that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, I liked the zombie ones. Oh god, what was it? The strain. That was my jam. Mm, I remember the, the vampires. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the strain was cool. I remember watching the first episode with Jeremy when I got it on DVD. At one point, we just were at his apartment. I think we ordered Chinese or something. Mm-hmm. It's one of those nights, and there's Jerry like, is this actually good? And then the freaking vampire just comes smashing out of something. He's like, oh! <laughs> it was scary. <laughs> <laughs> was that based on a comic book or anything? Or was it no, just uh, no, it's thing? a novel by uh, Guillermo del Toro. I highly really oh. recommend it to anyone who's never read it. It's it's a great vampire book. Just okay. re- reimagining of vampires. Yeah, that was his. Uh, he he pitched it as like a, a giant epic movie he was trying to make, and no studios would touch to, that. They didn't want to do it because they're like, this will cost too much money, and it's you know an original too property. Weird. So we're scared about doing that if it's not like you know it's not based on a comic book or something that already exists. So we're afraid to do that. So he turned the script into a novel, and then <laughs> did a series of novels, and then. And then, of course, Hollywood came calling and they're like, we want to make this now that they're successful novels. So mm-hmm. it became the TV show. Well, you got to remember at the time he's probably pitching it. They had the the long gestated I am legend that was oh, in the yeah. works, which yep. vampires. Yeah. So once mm-hmm. Will Smith's movie came out in 2007, then you see the strain book come out in 2009 and then the show comes out in what, 2014? Yeah. A few years later. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to check that out at some point. Oh, it's great. That's what I've heard. I've heard so many sections it. still haunt me to this day. And I, yeah, that's the big difference between me and Jeremy when you get down to it. I'm a bigger reader than him. Mm-hmm. Like at any given point in time, I have like four books I'm reading. Okay. And you, if you ask me how that's going, it's going about as well as reading four books at the same time can be. Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. What are What are some favorite horror novels? Horror novels would definitely be The Strain. Uh, De-Evolution was fantastic. What is it that called? Was, De-Evolution. It's a De-Evolution. Max Brooks. Yeah, Max Brooks. He's the son of uh, Mel Brooks, the uh, guy okay. who did Young yeah. Frankenstein. Yeah. And he, he he wrote the zombie survival handbook back in the early 2000s and World, World War Z. Z. Yeah. Both. Oh, okay. Both great books. Uh, I still have my copy of the zombie survival handbook, and it's in a legit good survival handbook because he based it off of actual survival tips he just adjusted it to include zombies okay so had the covid pandemic get worse i would have been reading that a little bit more (laughs) (laughs) and gearing up (laughs) okay okay but he did this book called the evolution which is uh it's this horror book about people living in this like little community out in the middle of nowhere washington state it's a eco 21st century rural living. So it's these smart houses with solar solar generators and the methane based heating system. So like it collects the methane based off of your fecal. It's it's all high tech stuff that actually kind of exists. Your groceries get delivered by um, drones and whatnot. It's what it's, it's these yuppies, uh 21st century hippie types just living out there with all this high tech technology. But in the within the story, Mount Rainier, the nearest mountain, a volcano erupts. 
And it's not like Mount St. Helens, where when it erupted, there was a bunch of like smaller towns, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Mount Rainier is next to m- bigger towns, so thousands get killed. And the eruption causes the little cable to snap. So suddenly this town's off the face of the earth. So no one knows they're there. And as mm. the wildlife starts getting relocated, Bigfoot shows up and it's hungry. Oh. And it's, it's, it's all about these people who don't have any weapons trying to figure out how to defend themselves against hungry Sasquatches. And there's a whole section in the story where it's like, would these things actually eat people? And there's like, the way this book's structured, there's a little tidbit from like an actual nature documentary where apes eat monkeys. Mm-hmm. Apes literally go after monkeys and eat them. So a bigger primate would probably eat us. And I thought that was fantastic. Hmm. But th- I think you would like it because the main character is a female voice. I've, I've been re- I wanted someone to read that and see if there's a, a strong female character or not. Okay. But no one else I know have read this book. So I'm like, this sounds like a bunch of my friends. Mm. You know, like when they're talking about their husbands sometimes, mm-hmm. that's their description because it's a married woman going through a problematic uh, relationship. Her husband's been out of work for a while. She's having anxiety problems. So going out to the woods has been helping. But now she's being stopped by Bigfoot. That sounds fascinating, honestly. <laughs> mm-hmm. It isn't it like a faux documentary style again? No, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way it's written, but it's written like it's a fake memoir because it's like that's yeah, kind of Max Brooks' journal. Thing. It's like it's yeah. like it's a journal found at the remains of this town, and what happened? Because she wrote everything down as a part of therapy. Okay, and, and it's it really is a it's a, honestly the best way to read that book is going up north and reading it when you're in the middle of the woods for a few days because mm-hmm. it really gets you in the mindset when you're like. Out there in the woods. What was that noise? Yes. He's a Bigfoot. <laughs> yes. You were there when I did that, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. You were there on that trip. Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait, what trip? We went up north. We're like, it was, oh, right yeah, that was family vacation. Like, uh, yeah, I'm just sitting there reading the book. Snap, a couple boom. summers ago. <laughs> and then there's me pumping some Bigfoot shows through my phone. And there's Jeremy. <laughs> That's not so scary. Snap. <laughs> 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 what was that okay so my favorite question ever have you had any sort of paranormal experience have you seen a ghost have you talked to a sasquatch <laughs> i would love to see sasquatch that would be like somewhere if i ever get married i want my bachelor party to be a sasquatch hunt. <laughs> like that's my dream not going to a strip club let's go looking for an ape man let's yeah. go squat let's go squatching I already have a few like <laughs> friends who are like, hell yeah. Can I bring some guns? Why would you want to bring guns, Neil? Either I shoot Bigfoot or I shoot a bear. Either way, I'm having a good time. <laughs> as, as, this as, is as, a as movie right there. Yep. Yes. Yes. But um, I will hunting. swear on a stack of Bibles, I've seen at least two UFOs all from okay. my driveway. Jeremy was present for one. I was alone for the second one. I'm still not sure about the second one, but the first one, I don't know what that thing was, but it had to be something. It was weird. It was weird. So I think I've talked about it scene. before. Yeah, I think I've talked about this oh, one yeah. before. Yeah, we're, where we we oh. were out in the front yard working on the yard because you know we did we do the yard work while Dad manages, <laughs> and and uh, I'm looking at the sky hoping we get some cloud coverage because it's like pushing ninety. Yeah, so, it was you know, like a, be hot, a nice... hot summer day. When I just okay. noticed this thing just right in the sky and there's jerry trying to get my attention or you know 
And I'm trying to get his. I'm like, Jay, I don't want to move from my spot because I don't want to lose whatever this thing is. Because I'm looking at it for a while. It's just, it's not moving. So it's not a plane, but it's not a helicopter because it's got to be well over, well over the, you know, the how high a helicopter can fly. So it's really up there. So I call Jeremy over and he's like, what? And I'm like, look up there. Because, you know, he's been mowing the yard. So he's a little cranky. So I just point <laughs> up in the sky and he was like, what the hell is that? So we're just standing there for five minutes. And there's dad, get back to work. <laughs> like, so we tried keeping an eye on it. It just did not move for like, what was it? Five minutes. We just stood there. Yeah. It was like a, uh, it looked metallic. It was uh, a, just this black shape. And yeah, dark, dark. And it looked like an aircraft, but it was way up high and clearly far away. Cause it was it, so it small. Looked like it looked like it. It looked so like it small was a, on the horizon, but not moving. It was clearly stationary. I couldn't uh, and, see wings, in it, but it looked like it was two pieces just hovering there. Yeah. And then we watched it for a while and then we kind of lost track of it because we, you know, went walked away. But we came back and it was just, just gone. 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 Like and no, there's no trace, inside. no trace of it anywhere. We didn't see that it had moved elsewhere in the sky or what. It was just gone later. So, but here's the really crazy part in the story. About a week later, I'm watching one of the UFO stories shows that I always watched back in that day, and someone has a thermal image of a UFO from like Moscow, and the damn thing looks almost identical to what we saw that day, it's particularly with the fact it looked like it was two pieces and with no wings. Mm-hmm. It was just downright spooky to me. I tell wow. that to Jerry. He just his response was "loser people." Yep. <laughs> what's the second, second? What's the second one? I don't know this. I don't think because I'm not 100 percent sure if what I saw was a vehicle or just an anomaly of some kind. But it was like one of those nights where we're supposed to be getting shooting stars, or we're supposed to be getting shooting stars around that time, like so a meteor like, shower or something. So like yeah. I see something street, and it's like it's a driveway, and it's. There's the neighbor's house, and you know how they have those giant pines next to their house? Yeah. But they have these gigantic, like, something three-story tall pine trees next to their house. I'm looking up. I'm getting ready to walk. It's me and Mom, and we're about to walk the girls. That's where our two dogs, Susie and Lucy, back in this time. But we're about to walk them late at night. I'm looking up at the sky, you know, just enjoying the nice, cool summer day. Mm -hmm. And I see a streak, you know, reddish streak just go straight behind the tree in front of me. I'm like, sweet, shooting star, as I'm looking. And then suddenly I see another, I think it's the same thing because it's the same hue, but it comes shooting up from the tree. It went down. The first one went down, but the second one came shooting straight up. So it looked more like something changed course than a shooting star. I don't know enough about shooting stars or meteors to say like, oh, they come in all sorts of different directions. I thought they would come in one, not one this way, one this way. But the way it was angled, just because because it's behind a tree, it looked like it's the same object changing course. So I'm like, did I just see a UFO or am I insane or have I been spending too much time (laughs) with my brother again? (laughs) Yep. Yep. Because he he has his moments. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All of the above. All of the above. I didn't know that one. That's cool. It's not like that one time we thought we were being abducted. We're going out for soup. We're just sitting there deciding. For do we soup? want? We well, were going out it, for it, soup. What the foe? You know that? Oh soup yeah, we, 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 we went to get pho. 
That's a little yeah. different than. I mean, yeah. it is. I would say yes. Okay, it's soup, but, but it's, we're, we're it's out in my car. <laughs> we're out in my car, and we're deciding: do we actually want to go? You know, get flow, and then suddenly, blinding light just comes filling the car up. Down on we're top not- of us, a light beam just shoots down, and I was like, "It's happening!" <laughs> yes, he said that. He's screaming, "It's happening!" And I'm just, "What the fuck?" It was, going it, on. it was a and helicopter. We get out of the car. It's a police helicopter with the searchlight going on. Yeah, it was a police helicopter. You. Yeah, and with the light Jeremy on. going, Bert, are we missing time? Jeremy, it's a police helicopter. And he just slams his fist on the car going, God damn it. <laughs> and we're at, the, we're at the restaurant. There's Jeremy slowly surfing his suit. We're like, you really wanted to be abducted, didn't you, buddy? He's like, oh, yeah. Poor guy. I thought it was finally happening. You want to go back and watch some alien movies? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. Jeremy, no, but it, if you yeah. want a Bigfoot story, we got one relative you need to talk to. That's our uncle Daryl. And I, oh, I yeah. did I did a big old paper on uh, folklore. And one of those was, way hey, Jeremy did melon head hunting back in Grand Rapids. So that's one section. Mm-hmm. Then I talked to our uncle Alex, who's from Trinidad talking about all the supernatural stuffs on his island. Oh, he's got... Just, oh, yeah. my God, that's insane, and it's fun. Yeah, he's got that's so many right. scary folk tales he used to tell us as kids from the and island. And when you sit down and you examine it and compare it to other folk tales, it's, it, it's, it was a hell of a paper to write. But then there's my Uncle Darrow who tells... who had, like, a Bigfoot. I, it wouldn't be called an encounter, but... Something. It, Something was in the woods with them, and if it was Bigfoot, as he puts it, it would explain everything. Because so many th- weird things happened, but he never saw anything, but he just kept having these incidences occur. And there's only thing that could move a certain thing would be something with an opposable thumb. But yeah. it was like a it was like a tree branch hit the cabin they were staying at. No one was in it, but this tree branch. No man could move by themselves. It would have to take like eight guys because it's like a 300 something pound tree branch or finding weird footprints that go miles. But it's clearly something on two legs. Mm-hmm. But it's Creepy. weird stuff like Sp- that. Oh, spooky. my God. Yep. It, it's spooky. Yeah. And you can see where we get the Bigfoot. <laughs> That's where we get uh-huh. it from. It runs in the family. It sure does. I I wish we could. I wish Grandpa Mom's dad was still around. I would. He was a he was a pilot back in like Korea. Yeah. I, I I wanted to. I would have asked him if he had seen a Foo Fighter during his combat because there's all sorts of stories from wars about UFO sightings. There's more like UFO sightings in war than there is like some other times. Particularly mm-hmm. Korea has some crazy ones. I have this little book on just UFO sightings and during wartime. It's a fascinating read. Yeah, I do know for a fact uh, that uh, he did have an interest. Our grandpa did have an interest in UFOs, so it got passed down because he was in the Air Force. And uh, around that time, Project Blue Book was going on, which was the official Air Force investigation into unidentified objects. Of course, they came back and just said everything was unverified, unverified. We don't know what it is. But yeah, he was he was interested in that stuff. And what about these things we keep seeing in the skies that we blew out last week? Oh, yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know. We talked I, about that, man. 
I heard it. I wanted to join in, but I can't yell at my radio and go back in time to yell at you guys. <laughs> you can yell at the radio anytime. Yeah, I you do. Just... <laughs> when Jeremy gets something wrong, I'm like, come on, Jeremy. You're better than this. <laughs> well, all right. Well, Bert, I'm so intrigued. Oh, yeah. On what I, you're going to give us. Yeah. What? Oh, let's so get to the assignments. Let's yeah, get to I'm the assignments. Ready. Let's get to the assignments. I know what they are. So I'm, I want you to uh, lay it on so, us. So, yes, I've been racking my brain on this for a long time. And the problem is you guys keep getting the movies I would have assigned to. Tremors, <laughs> Rawhead Rex, Dog Soldiers. These are all suggestions I made to Jeremy. And then he went with them. So I'm like, God damn it. I can't do these. Honestly, I almost I almost really like pulled it out the wheelbarrow. A part of me really wanted to assign you guys Hard Target. It's the movie that Corey's dad's watching in Halloween Ends. It's the Jean-Claude Van Damme action movie. Okay. That one is not horror, Jason, if you ask me. Jeremy says it's it's almost. It's it's like a thriller with horror elements. But I think Jeremy Uh, just really wanted to watch that again because of Wilfred Brimley's in it as a Cajun man. And he loves that. Keeps on saying that's his future. (laughs) <laughs> just being in the just being in the swamp. I do love uh, Wilfred no. Brimley. So, um, well, Jeremy told me that you have not seen a lot of the old black and white movies. Uh, well, like, I have now because of him. Yep, well, he has yeah. now. But there's one particular one he mentioned to me that you haven't seen, and it's actually one of my personal favorite movies of all time, and that is the 1950s classic creature feature movie that inspired all the other movies that like are set in the desert like without this movie there would have been no tremors okay so it is the classic them with the giant yeah giant ants yeah yes okay i don't don't know how much i want to give away but the poster gives it away it's a giant ant eating a woman does it actually (laughs) do that in the movie no oh is it awesome spoiler alert bert jeez (laughs) spoiler alert one the other one, I really had to rack my head. Okay. I would love to give you guys like some violent action movie from like, I, I'm a martial art guy. I love the martial art movies. I've really gotten into Kung Fu movies. There was one I was thinking about giving you guys, but might save that for another time. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go with one movie that a lot of people have written in and told you to watch mm-hmm. or have mentioned it. Well, back at the beginning, maybe not so much in these last few months. But that is the, what was this, 2018 this one came out? 2016? Can't remember, but Overlord. Oh. We're going to watch Overlord. So we're going to do some war horror. or War. war. Yes. Cool. cool. All I know about Overlord yeah. is I th- they, they find, there's like a group of soldiers or whatever, and they find this like head mixed with like. A, okay, if I have to describe with two words, just. Nazi zombies. That's it. It's like Call okay. of Duty Nazi zombies. Just okay. Don't cool. expect the Citizen Kane of horror movies. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> is it a fun watch? I remember watching it and thinking this is damn fun and wanted to make Jeremy watch it. But that was like four to five years ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, like so 50%. Jeremy, have you seen both of these? I have not seen Overlord. Okay. No, and, that's why I picked it. And, it, and it's been a few think. years since I've rewatched them, so I'm interested to uh, give it a watch. Okay. It's, it's them. You can't be bored with it, Jeremy. Yeah, I know. Them, them was a constant of our childhood. Like You caught us. 
that movie would come out with like Godzilla movies instead of blood. It'd just be reels of those movies coming out of our veins. Yeah, them is one of my dad's favorite uh, monster movies. So we I think drew Mom up on likes that. it too as well. But oh I can't yeah, remember. yeah. Dad always put it on because it scared you when we were kids. So yeah, but then I fell in love with it, and then he's like, "Awesome." <laughs> That's dad. That's dad when he realizes you like a movie the same as him. I mean, yep. imagine what his response would be if he found out I had some Chuck Norris movies in my collection. Because I remember, I think he likes those. Oh, he I loves those. He loves those. I could those. be wrong. He loves No, he oh loves those. Yeah, I think maybe I, I've liked a movie my dad's liked once or twice in my lifetime. You know so. what? I just realized something. <laughs> what? You, you mentioned Monster Squad of all movies. You know what shirt I'm wearing right now? It's my Stephen King Rules shirt from, from Monster, Monster Squad. Squad. Like, I, I, that movie's ripe for a rewatch for me. I haven't watched it since I was a kid, so we're yeah. talking thirty I years probably that for one of the choices. But I couldn't decide. Like, is it a movie Brandy Joe has seen and liked? Because I want to try to keep these to movies you, I know you haven't seen. But you know, I know when I watched it, I'd never seen any of the universal of what they yeah. were supposed to be. So yeah, and now you have probably a deeper appreciation as I you do. watch this. I will. Cool. Well. So, let's get to it. Yeah, yeah. let's. See, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Okay. This is the half where we talk about movies. Yeah, we've had our Red Bulls and our Monsters and whatever, Liquid Deaths. LaCroix. <laughs> yeah, I have my um my soda streamed sparkling water. We're, we're maniacs here. But Bert, what are you drinking? The water I stole from Jeremy's fridge. <laughs> Stolen water. Stolen water is the tastiest water. All right. Well, let's yep. dive into these let's do movies. It. Okay. So first up, Hell yeah. we're going chronological order. So we're starting with them because it's spelled with an exclamation <laughs> point. So. It is. From 1954, them. The tagline on Letterboxd is the amazing new Warner Brothers sensation. <laughs> <laughs> and the description is, as a result of nuclear testing, gigantic, Ferocious mutant ants appear in the American desert Southwest and a father daughter team of entomologists join forces with the state police officer who first discovers their existence, an FBI agent, and eventually the U S army to eradicate the menace before it spreads across the continent and the world. Ooh. Yeah. So that's, that's it in a nutshell. It is. And what a fun little movie. (laughs) Yeah. It is. I didn't think it it was going to have as much humor as it had in it. Like it was, there were humorous characters, and it was Santa Claus was in it. Yeah, I know. It's got (laughs) it's got a lot of fun stuff going on in this. It is, and I was so intrigued by the fact that the um, title was red, but then I read that it was supposed to be in color, and then they got budget (laughs) restraints, so they just kept the color title, and that was it. Which looks really cool because it's in like blood red. Um, it's so oh, it looks so cool. Yeah. 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 So I can't recall. Did you guys say you grew up watching this film? Oh, we sure yeah. did. Okay. Yeah. I loved Edmund Gwynn, who was Dr. Medford. I loved him. Yeah. 
And he's Santa Claus from um, Miracle on 34th Street, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. Santa. And I was like, he's familiar. Also of note is uh, the the FBI agent Graham. That was mm. James Arness, who uh, I think was this the same year that he played the thing in the thing from another world. He was the monster. Yeah, these two, that movie and this movie felt not like similar. They are their own things, mm-hmm. but like you could tell that they're like, oh, you're like, oh yeah, these came out around the same time. It makes so much sense. Yeah, like, 50s like science. Scream and I oh, know yeah. what you did last summer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 50s science fiction just has such a vibe to it. Like, totally. I, I don't know. You can't replicate or beat it. I mean, it's like what Jay said after we watched it. Every time someone makes a, a fake 50s movie for, to be within their own movie, they're just emulating them. Yeah, like, like uh, this This is the, like, monster on the, on the loose, like, 50s movie. Like, every time something else is referencing the, the you know, the idea of this type of movie, like, this is the movie they're visualizing. This is the movie they're thinking about. Like, it's got, it, it's just the epitome of the, uh, giant monster on the loose fear of radiation fear of you know cold war you know uh nuclear proliferation all that stuff is built built into this thing and also um the the true star of this film was the wilhelm scream yes how many times was it like four four times yep <laughs> ah! like every time i was like wilhelm scream wilhelm scream oh is that how you say it yeah wilhelm wilhelm you know it's okay it's, it's a I german some name special so. on it once but it was a long time ago like 15 20 years ago i watched like a it wasn't like a full documentary it was like a shortish one but mm-hmm. it was still fascinating and ever since then i'm like oh yeah there's that scream and there's got to be like variants of it because there's definitely other screams yes oh, yeah. here and you'll be like there's like a female version yeah oh there sure is yeah and i can't believe it was i mean i can but like it's interesting to see that it was nominated for an academy award uh, was it? I didn't yeah, realize for that. best visual or best effects special. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, Which I can at understand the time that. probably was like, oh, my God. Yeah, this thing had to have had a decent budget for the time to pull off, you know, what they did. So you compare it to all the other big bug movies that came out immediately after this. You mm-hmm. had Tarantula, Deadly Mantis, Black Scorpion. That yeah, one that my dad, ta- the one with the giant grasshoppers, the end of the world or whatever. Oh, yeah. The beginning yeah. of the end. The beginning of the end. I just ordered it for him for his birthday, and I got him the Mystery Science Theater 3000 one yeah. because it comes with their talking over it and the actual movie on it. Because the actual movie is like $90 now. Oh, but wow. Mystery Science Theater 3000 version, it's like $25. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. that's that'll be fun. But yeah, and it was supposed to be in 3D, I also read. 3D? Mm-hmm. And there's that, in particular, there's one yeah. shot where like the flame like comes at the camera. It's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. My one major issue with it, and I, I like, I thought Joan Weldon, who was the daughter, Dr. Um, Medford's daughter, I loved her. I just felt like, not shockingly for the time, she didn't have as much to do. Like, she yeah. just sort of was background. It's like, oh, we need a woman in here. Yep. She's in there. She's not going to have much to do. There's a little bit of the gender politics of the era, too, where they're like, you're a woman. You can't go in this dangerous mission with us. But but at the same time, they have her going on the mission as compared to the other big bug movies where the women never go on the where they rarely. Hold That's true. She did. She did hold her own, though. I'll give her that. She did she go did. in there and she's like, you need a scientist in there that knows what they're looking at. So. 
Yeah, for sure. And I actually kind of felt bad for the little queens or princesses at the end. They looked so cute. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, no, like, let's no. find another way. Let's put them in a oh, zoo. Let's find another way so they can tunnel <laughs> out and then eat all of us. Now, yeah. was there a sequel? No, 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 no sequels. This was from an era where sequels was not really thought of. Like, sure, you have the universals that had like a million sequels for every yeah. monster, but. That's just because how popular they were. These yeah. ones, there's one and done. Cheap on the fly. You may go out in the desert, you make it, and within a week. When there's a crap ton of movies from this time, they're all filmed out in the desert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just straight outside of L.A. Just go in the desert and shoot it, and you're good. I just wasn't it? sure when it came to like them describing what happened outside of that original nest. Like I was like... It seems like there's more aside from just these ones we end we we have the climax with. Yeah, well, I think there's the idea that there could be more of them. Okay. So. Or Always. there's something else that's going to come crawling out of the desert that isn't just an ant. Yeah. It's almost like what they applied to. And I pointed out to Jeremy, this movie came out the same year as Gojira. Yeah. And which which one's that? The, the, original, the original Godzilla. Godzilla. Oh. Got yeah. it. Yeah. Same year as the uh, the original Japanese uh, release of Godzilla. So, uh, as I joked to Jay at the end of the movie after the kill the ants, who knows what will show up a month later? Godzilla shows up in Tokyo. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't know when the movies were released. So, for all I know, Godzilla came out before. Them. But same year, fifty four was. Uh, oh. Yeah, everyone was obsessed with uh, the A bomb. Yeah, the A bomb. What could radiation do? Clearly, yep. we all thought it was going to make giant monsters. But <laughs> on that note, it is interesting to look at it because you have the two different, very pr- different perspectives when it comes to atomic energy. You have the American idea of it, and then the Japanese idea of it. American, we can stop it. We can put the genie back in the bottle. Japanese, there's no stopping it. You're just going to die. Yeah. Well, and the only way to beat Godzilla was just eh, a hair skin. An ultimate doomsday device. That was it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Japan is the only nation that has actually yeah. had an atomic bomb, you know, detonated yeah, and on, that's them, what on a civilian population. So that's where they're they have a, comes from. Yeah, definitely a different vibe <laughs> when looking at this uh this nuclear threat than uh Americans. And at some point, don't they say something like ants are the only other creatures besides human that make wars or something? That's pretty accurate. Is it? No. Chimpanzees do. I mean, unless you want to say, like, if you're going to say they're apes and apes make war. and Yeah, but. But it's not that far off saying ants do make war. I mean, they do. Colonies colonies do fight each other. Yeah. But is that not the case with, like, lots of animals that is fighting, not war among animals and such? Well, I think the idea idea is uh, a concerted effort. Like, ants will go out of their way to eliminate another colony uh, if it's a threat. Like, it's similar, like, that's why they say chimpanzee uh, troops, I believe, is what yeah, groups true. of chimps are called but they go to war with each other because they will oh. like w- with pre-thought in intention think like that group is going to compete for our resources in the future let's take them out so that's not a problem down the line so it's it's the idea of like a pre-planning like uh uh forethought goes into it okay i, I remember 
back at work when I watched this movie, I used to have a guy named John Paul I work with. They nerd, but not like comic books and movies, more of a science nerd. And I happened to knew he liked like insects and whatnot. So I asked him, how bad would a giant ant actually be, you know, when you compete against like a tank or a gun? Like how dangerous would the things be? I expected him to be like, oh, give me a day to think about this. No, took him about five seconds. (laughs) And then he starts giving me all these facts as he breaks down the sides. And arguably these things would be terrifying because apparently their bite is like as fast of a bullet or something like that. They bite really fast and they are almost as strong as a T-Rex when it comes to the pincer. Oh, Mm. and there's also the fact he he explained like the war, eh, the war thing, like they just they will tidal wave you over until either you're dead or you wipe them out. So they're they're efficient through stupidity, I think is how he explained it. Interesting. Though they would have lose their 10 times their own strength. Yeah. Once they get to the bigger size, but they're still built like a tank, even on an insect. Mm-hmm. So their fear in this movie that, that they will wipe out humanity, not unfounded. It's, it's yeah. very accurate. I also love the scene where it just throws a rib cage on the ground. With the pile of bones in the desert. And they're like, well, we found your missing persons. I'm like, that's kind of horrific for the fifties. Yeah. I loved the little girl. I loved Sandy Desher. I wanted oh, her to come great. back in the end. Yeah. yeah. The, the opening of this movie is so eerie. Oh, the like, opening is so good. So, like, setting the stage. Like, all of that is just, like, horror movie perfection there. It's so yes. good. 30 minutes. We timed it. It's, like, 30 minutes to the first ant, and that's the perfect slow burn. Yeah. Like, the first half hour is just your setup. You're like, something's going on here. And then all of a sudden, a giant ant comes out of the desert at him. And you're like, oh, cool. And that's a half hour in. So you're like, okay, they built up to it just right. And you never see more than three ants at a time because that's all that they had. That's all yep. of them, yep. <laughs> but I, I do love, too, the structure of this story where the stakes keep building because it's like you have your mm-hmm. beginning. They find out. Then they find out what's going on. They, like, kill one of them. And they're like, oh, God, there's more of them. What do we do? Uh, but then they find out that they're they're traveling. <laughs> now they're trying to spread. So it's like, I, I, I do love that, the way it keeps building and building until they... Yes. Till obviously it had to have been an influence on aliens, James Cameron, with the whole like we got to get down in the colony and wipe them all out. So I feel like James Cameron must have been a fan of this movie. Yeah, think uh, about how many movies could probably trace their lineage to this. Tremors, mm-hmm. Monster Out in the Desert, uh, even the hills have eyes. Just a threat out in the desert coming from like radiation. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's like five degrees of them. And this is one of those movies, too, that I know if you read enough directors, like a lot of genre directors, like John Carpenter has talked about loving this movie. I think Wes Craven has talked about loving this Joe movie. Dante. Joe Dante is a huge fan. He wanted um, to remake it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, isn't that why he has the fake movie Mant in the, yes. the movie Matinee? It's a tribute to this mm. flick. So, What happens when a man gets bitten by an ant when he gets exposed to radiation? Mant. Man, <laughs> uh, and I read that the director Gordon Douglas was talking to the editor, and he's like, "How does it look?" And he was like, "Fine." And he's like, "Does it look honest?" And the editor said, "As honest as a twelve foot ant can look." <laughs> <laughs> that's that's awesome. Which I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's 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 fun, and 
I like the kids in peril. I think that's always something that I enjoy, which mm-hmm. is kind of sick. But I've always been like that, even ever since I was a kid. Like I related to the young characters, and as I've oh, gotten yeah. older, I still am drawn to that. Like it's something that like never changed as I got older. Yeah. But like at the end, when there's like the two little boys in peril, one of them looks like they told him his mom was gonna, his mom was dead. Like he is sobbing and the other one's just sort of standing there like mm-hmm. they like like really got to one of them and the other one was just like i'm hungry. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i, I get that too because I'm, I'm drawn to that as well but i feel like i like the kids in peril but knowing that they're going to be saved because some right. some movies don't go that route and they go a darker route and that always like i don't like that as much but i like when <laughs> I like when the stakes are there, but the kids are all right. The kids are all right. That's a great movie. And it was a great TV show, too. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it's such a fun film that I truly didn't think I would enjoy as much. And I I, like just what you were saying, Jeremy, the fact that it isn't just they go out in the desert and there's ants. The ants keep chasing them and they find shelter and then they keep finding them again. Like there's all this progression. I love Mm -hmm. that they find the guy who you know, um, the, everyone else thinks is crazy. Like they're, they're watching for these certain keywords, like to yeah. come through like the, the, the newspaper articles or the, the police scanners, whatever yeah, they're called. That's, that, that's yeah. based off of like actual stuff that you would do back then. If they were trying to find something, they'd look for reports. Like that, uh, during wartime, you look for planes you don't recognize mm. and stuff like that. But then, like, the guy who did see the ants, and they go and talk to him so they get more information, then they're like, yeah, that guy's crazy. Keep him in here. I'm like, that poor guy. The drunk. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the drunk guy? No. Yeah. In the, no, in the, no, uh... no, not the drunk. It's the crop no. pilot. Yeah, oh. the, the first one. So he's the not first crazy. One. The first one, yeah, he's, he's not, not crazy. He's not crazy, but they're like, yeah, he's nuts. You got to keep him in here. Yeah, well, they're no, like, they, see ya. <laughs> don't they say the line, like, we'll let you know when you can release him? Like, they, they probably would do something like that. Hey, They forgot all about him. You saw something that's real, so we can't let you talk to anyone until we, we decide. Hey, yeah, yes, and then we deal with you. Yeah, Typical. Crotty, I think I put poor Crotty in my notes. <laughs> yep. Typical government <laughs> cover up. <laughs> but yeah, what a bunch of fun! Something yeah. I uh, never would have watched. Yeah, yeah, and now you've on my seen own it. Accord. And definitely a key piece of you know the horror movie. It the, is the tapestry the- of horror movie history. So yes. this, you're saying this came out before Godzilla? I Maybe. believe that is accurate. Wow. Okay. I think, sure. but I think it was the same year. You know what? I'm going to look it up right now. Let's find this. 54. Out. Godzilla's 54. Them. This is 54, 54 too. Yeah. yeah. So them released originally. Oh, suspense is killing me. Oh my god. I'm June looking 16th of okay, 54. and I'm looking at Godzilla Dude. right now. May 7th. Oh wait, nope. That says 2004. That's wrong. <laughs> Got to go back to the OG. November 3rd, 1954. Yeah, so later so the same year. Yeah, later the same, the same year. But yeah, probably being made around the same time. And that's fascinating that it wasn't like, I, they probably were both happening. At this, it wasn't necessarily like one was made. And that it's not like there were the periodicals and the internet. Yeah, you know, exactly. so They were just like, working on, everyone had this idea about like radiation, nuclear age, like, it's it's just it was everywhere. It was in the ether creatively, yeah. and everyone's like, "What are we gonna do about it? like what story can we make based off this idea?" So yeah, That's I think so when they made these movies, they were still testing out in the middle of nowhere, uh, New Mexico. You could see the atomic bombs go off from Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, wow. so it's like it's the doing, atom age. Yeah, was a hydrogen bomb tests. Us. Hydrogen bomb tests and stuff were still happening. But I don't remember much humor from Godzilla. There really wasn't much, was there? No, that was well, much. Godzilla was much darker. Which one did you guys watch? King Gojira of the Monsters. Or King of, yeah, Ray, right, Raymond King Burr. Of, Raymond Burr's one is a kind of campy, still good. Yeah, that monster movie, but, but the humor watch, wasn't there. Like, there's no one. humor. There's not no like humor. This. No. Yeah, you know, it's like it, you said, it's, it's more campy. Yeah, it's more somber than. And this movie was more like an adventure story yeah. first and foremost. So, I know as I, I said this, Jay, I do question at what point in time with the FBI agent and the state trooper wind up not be a part of this because it becomes a full on military thing. Like they're just a part of it for the entire duration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Robert was dissecting the uh, jurisdictions of these different yeah, government entities because like... he's like, the cops, the FBI would take it from the cops. But then when the military came in, they would take it from the FBI, like take like, that's, control that's of it probably away what from would them. actually happen. Yeah, but I'm more weird out that you just called your brother Robert. I mean, that is his name, but I've never yep. heard you call him that. And then to just have him in the room with us and to just say, well, Robert said this. I just, I find that. He very does that a lot. Does he? I switch it up sometimes. <laughs> I'm going to start it's doing weird. that with Joe. I'm just going to say, well, when Joseph came into the room. <laughs> what is it? It's like when Patrick called me Robert. That's our cousin. For like 20 something years, he's only ever called me Bob. So when he calls me Robert, I'm looking at him like he has cancer. Like you <laughs> oh, dying? Oh, Robert. Oh, boy. Well, <laughs> unless anyone. Turn. Yeah, it did. <laughs> unless anyone's got anything else to say about this giant ant movie, uh, <laughs> let's, let's tie this thing up. Um, so out of five uh, discarded rib cages, mm. how many do you give them? We'll start with Brandy Joe. I'm going to give it four. Four. I'm also giving it a four. You are? I am. I would have thought you were giving it more. And Bert? And what about Bert? What about Robert? (laughs) Jesus. I'm giving it a five because this is just, if you cut me, I'd probably believe this movie and a few others, but this is a personal favorite of mine. It doesn't matter how many times I watch it. I just put it on. Background noise. It's a good one. You know what that means. Scare of approval. Scare of approval. Fuck yeah, it is. So go oh, yeah. watch them, people. If you've never seen it, you know, I mean, this is uh, a blast. What it's are you waiting for? Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I can imagine, you know, like a Saturday night, you know, hanging out. Uh, perfect blue. Halloween movie. Yeah, there you go. It's like a, a perfect anytime movie. Like in, in the summer, it's like, oh, it's hot. It's like the desert. Yep. Let's watch them. Watch them. That sound they make still gets me, and that's like birds all oh, yeah, that too, together. That, that pulsating, sque- like screeching noise they make too. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, that's that's like iconic. I've never heard the wind made that sound. It's not the wind. Listen to it. It's moving. <laughs> all right. Good time. Well, I guess it's on to on to World War Two with Overlord, or should you say, back in time? Back in Ooh. time. Yep. All right, Overlord, 2018. Tagline is, Stop the Unstoppable. France, June 1944. On the eve of D-Day, some American paratroopers fall behind enemy lines after their aircraft crashes while on a mission to destroy a radio tower in a small village near the beaches of Normandy. After reaching their target, the the surviving paratroopers realize that, in addition to fighting the Nazi troops that patrol 
the village. They must also fight something else. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. Jeremy, I'm shocked you haven't seen this. I know I say that a lot, but there's uh-huh. just certain movies that I'm like, how have you not seen this movie? I don't know how I missed this. I blame this. myself for this one. I bought it a few years back, wanted to watch it, but then he started dating Sarah and had no oh, time to watch God, movies. That one. No so now time. we circle back to this. <laughs> I remember when it was in theaters, too, and I was like, initially the trailers, I thought this this was one where I thought it looked too cheesy or too campy. Uh, but then like after the fact, I heard like critics gave it really good reviews. Uh, and I was like, oh, dang it. I must I think I missed out on something I probably would have enjoyed. Uh, I just think the ad campaign was terrible for it at the time. Oh, when yeah. it came out. See, and I remember just seeing one one commercial, one trailer. And this is back when I watched trailers, but it was them walking into like a room and finding the, the head that was alive. Mm-hmm. Like that was the only thing they showed. So you knew it was a war. You knew that there was this like head that somehow still could talk. And that was it. Like it was so minimal, but still I was like, ugh, war, gross. Like I don't care. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but like I could not, ha- like this movie, like I was like, well, I'll put it on, but I'm probably going to fall asleep. No, I was up till midnight watching this because I was just enraptured. I took so few notes because it just was such a ride. Yeah, this <laughs> started and it doesn't let up like from the jump. Oh my God, that like, opening is fucking amazing yeah it is harrowing it's one of those two like war movies like this always get me with sequences like that because i'm always lost in my own thoughts about like can you imagine living that because you know it's actually what people did yeah uh during world war ii and like can you imagine being in that situation and living through that like it's just it, it, it always blows my mind to see these sequences then done in film where you're like that it's like how do you move on from that (laughs) with your life if you survive it's crazy and i read that that opening sequence there were it wasn't all cgi like they Mm. actually had like um like a a unit that they like that was a plane that they like lit on fire and um some people like flew through the fire like it wasn't like all computers like it so much of this movie was practical effects which like is awesome yeah there's a weird thing that happens with someone's neck at a certain point in the movie and like Uh that was done with like puppetry and animatronics like Mm -hmm. and just watching it i'm just assuming it's cgi but so much of it wasn't it was like practical which is just so impressive after the fact yeah and just uh of course it's you know it's become uh cliche at this point but you know nazis from history are just the ultimate evil everybody can thinks of uh can think of so it's easy to have the like nazi mad science creating you know monsters run amok like uh but it just works so well in this movie like it's put together so uh uh Honestly, as honest as Nazi zombies can Except be. Except that there's no swastikas, which That's is so weird. That's true, which is weird. Like, that they, what an interesting choice. Which well, they you avoid. don't need a swastika because we know what Nazis look like. <laughs> I, we know. I know, but like... I know. But it's historically, an like I don't know if they're like we don't want to like give them any more power. You know, we're not going to say their names. Yeah, like, I don't know, like what, what the why? Like it's just such an a, an interesting choice. Because if you know anything about history, Nazis loved flags. Those were all <laughs> over the place in reality. So yeah, it is. It seems like a uh, a historical inaccuracy that that wouldn't be you know represented all over. But I but I get where you're going. I'm assuming it was probably in this day and age. They're like we don't want to 
promote that and give it like so much, you know, vision. Yeah, uh, wasn't so that much, the, so many visuals. Wasn't that around the Charleston thing with the nut? Sort of yeah, right, I mean, just right you know, with the rise again of uh, neo-Nazi movements, I'm assuming they're probably trying to step away from uh, adding yeah. fuel to that fire. And something I didn't know, like I was trying to figure out how I knew the guy who was playing Corporal Ford. <laughs> and, and then I was like, oh, I saw him in Black Mirror. He's in that playtest episode. Have you seen that one? It's like a VR. No. He's doing like this VR game. It is no. so good. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say more, but I'm not gonna because okay. I will give a little bit too much away. It's so good, though. And then I was doing my research after and saw that that's Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. Yep. yep. Wyatt, Wyatt. Wyatt Russell. Oh my God. He is such a dreamboat. And immediately, as soon as he's introduced in the movie, like uh, it only took a few lines of dialogue. And I'm like, if this was made in the eighties, it would be Kurt Russell playing that role. Like, obviously they wrote a Kurt Russell character and they were like, who do we get to play him? Oh, Wyatt Russell's available. Let's just get his son. So how is I? I'm surprised he's not a little bit bigger of a star because I think he is so handsome. Yeah, a little bit different. He doesn't look like your typical like Marvel stud. Mm-hmm. Like he's has a unique look to him, but he's just like really hot. And, and I and good. I'm, I'm still pushing for the whole. They keep saying they want to remake Escape for New from New York or do a, like another Snake Plissken movie. Mm. Just put. Wyatt Russell in yeah. there because he looks enough like his dad that like you could just pretend it's still the the, the same Snake Plissken like they wouldn't even need any explanation so and do you remember when this came out there people thought it was another Cloverfield movie yes I was reading about that because uh, just because J.J. Abrams was the producer and right. like co-writer of this they thought and I mean from what I like I didn't see Cloverfield Paradox but I'm aware of like what it introduced Ugh, yeah, to that so uh, to that continuity. So I feel like this movie could still plug into the Cloverfield thing. Like you could still call it part of that. Cause it's, you know, uh, I feel like there's enough there that you could create connective tissue. Yeah. And I'm surprised the director, I mean, he did some movie in 2022 called Samaritan, which I don't know anything about, but like, I'm surprised there. Oh, that's that one with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. It's like a superhero movie with Stallone, but I want more like that. That's so many years. That's four years apart. Like, like give me another horror movie, dude. You're good. Yeah. And this, yeah, just the, the, this whole thing. I was just totally surprised at how good I thought this movie was while I was watching it. I love the character of the men. I mean, and the woman too. I loved Chloe and her brother, Paul Mm -hmm. again, children in peril. Yep. Um, like all the characters, like you, this, okay. This isn't so spoilery, but like, I figure we're just getting to know them just so that they can die off quickly. And I'll just say that isn't necessarily the case, Yeah, but I won't say anything more than that, but I loved that it wasn't like, Hey, let's get to know all of them just so that you're going to get them killed off really quickly. And I, yeah. And I love that they all had kind of had arcs too. Maybe yes. not super de- long or developed, but everybody was not just because. Some of them get introduced, they feel like two-dimensional characters. And but then th- those that continue through the movie, they get, you know, their arcs, and you're like, oh, that that was some good writing there. <laughs> awesome. Um, so if you've not seen it, this plane crashes in France. Yep. Right? Yeah, this is during and the D-Day invasion. D-Day invasion. And this group of soldiers sort of um befriends this this woman who happens to live in this village sort of taken over by the Nazis and 
and they'd sort of discover this like weird like serum that like can turn like- a body like a dead a cadaver into like a Nazi zombie. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I I just like how there's no explanation as to what this stuff is, where it comes from, or why it's there. It's just there, and it does this. That's all you need to know about it. And that's like core 101. The less you know, the more terrifying it can be. Mm -hmm. For sure. And like, I mean, you probably most people have heard about all the like crazy, gross experiments they did like during World War II. So it's like, it's not that, it's like, how can we take that and make it a horror movie without it being like horrific in the way that you just don't want to have to watch it to make it like an action movie? And like, this is the way to do it. Yeah, that's a a, hundred percent. Yeah, that's how they did it. Because we already know that the Nazis in real life committed atrocities, experimented on people, did all manner of things like that. But like, how do you do that? Which is so like, it's awful. But how do you make it a horror movie trope? There you go. Making zombies. My biggest issue with it is, so at one point you see the serum used on somebody, and this is somebody who happened to have died, and you see what happens when they come back to life. And it's crazy, it's grotesque, it's wild. However, when the serum seems to be used on someone who's still alive, mm-hmm. it seems to have less results. Yeah. I like the results don't seem as 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 extreme, and that to me didn't seem to. I felt like it should have been the opposite. I think what what they were trying to imply is the guy who got first, the living guy who got injected, he got injected with a less perfected form of the serum, whereas the other two guys who wound up with it had a next generation. But you saw it was still mutating them, just slower. Either that mm-hmm. or. It- could just be a whole willpower thing. They drove themselves to a singular task and used their wills to keep it in check. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, could, that be. could be something else they were trying to apply. I also could have done with like a larger zombie apocalypse at the end. Like I could have done the, with the, the things more, get out more and start attacking the beaches. Yeah, yeah. Because you wait. It's like just at the end when like all of the like the zombies start to sort of come to life. But I want it more. Like I want it to be sort of like train to Busan, like yeah. uh, like a, a swarm, a horde, if you will. We yeah, land on. on the beaches of Normandy. Now there's a horde. Yeah, <laughs> make Overlord two, and have the wave of zombies. Yeah. <laughs> That'd o- be good. Overlord two overload. Uh huh. <laughs> Zombie uh-huh. overload. Zombie overload. But yeah, just like what a fun movie. And I'm surprised people don't. I guess I haven't heard really one way or another about this movie. I haven't heard people be like, ugh, it's horrible. Or like, oh my God, it's so great. But yeah, I would that, say, oh my God, it's so great. Yeah, that's kind I of the funny like thing. That. Yeah, I feel like the, uh, like I said, when this came out, it sort of came out to like little fanfare. But then critics were all of a sudden just like, by the way, this movie's awesome. Like, why is nobody seeing this? And then it just kind of quickly lived a theatrical life and was gone. Um, but ever since, yeah, I don't, I feel like not many, I've not heard many horror fans like in the community talk about this thing. Uh, and I think they should, especially talking about JJ Abrams and the Cloverfields. Like this is sort of, you know, parallel to those. And it's like, look at this movie that JJ wrote and produced. Like it's awesome. So yeah. Uh, I, I feel like horror fans shy away when it's based off of like war, something that's actually, that was actually happened. It was actually pretty horrific. Mm-hmm. So everyone as a horror fan is like, no, I, I watch horror movies for escapism. Give me people out in a cabin. 
that, that could, could never happen. Mm-hmm. Could be. And I thought yeah. the lead guy who played Boyce, I don't know quite how to pronounce his name, Jovan Adepo, perhaps? <laughs> Sounds Johan? right. Sounds but right. I thought he was so good, and he really hadn't done anything before this movie. I mean, he'd been in f- a few things, but like just as small parts. And I thought he was so great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, he he really nails that man out of water, fish out of water. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. In over his head, but rises oh, yeah. to the, rises to the occasion. Oh, and just that little kid was so cute. There were just like some super charming, super lovely moments in it. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love the end. I got to say, I just thought the end all together was good. And I read that the, like, they talk about there's an 18, like, in 18 minutes, dot, 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 not giving anything away. And that portion of the movie is 18 minutes. I love when they do that. I love that, too, because so many times you're like, we have five minutes and 10 minutes later, like. Yeah, they're still, like, (laughs) doing stuff. But I love when a movie says, like, we have 18 minutes to get out of here or whatever. And then it literally in real time. The like the happens. final girls when they're yeah there's a certain moment where the the amount of time pops up on the screen and that is the amount of time of the actual movie and i love that, that. yeah that's so I, that's clever. just so good so well done oh that's so well done movie. yeah and i just i don't know a lot of these other guys i mean i i recognized wyatt russell and i had to sort of put that together but the other guys who were in it i didn't like the guys who plays like chase and tibet and uh, they were so good in the guy who played Rosenfeld. Like there, there were so many good ones mm-hmm. and I just really loved the characterizations. I really like, I felt for these guys. And I love uh, in the beginning too, you had uh, uh, the Sergeant when they're on the plane, that's, you know, prepping the men. Uh, and again, I'm not sure if, if I'm saying his name, right. Bokeem would Mm-hmm. Uh, is the actor who you know he's a character actor that's in a ton of stuff uh and i love him he's a great addition uh right there and he's he's a slightly bigger name i think than all the other guys were at the time this movie was made like he was probably the biggest name <laughs> that was in here um and you know it's just a great flavoring to throw him in there he's good at those authority figure characters yeah, so Jeremy like immediately just gravitated to his speech they're dirty rotten sons of bitches and i was but like then, yeah Jeremy's this like, is my kind of guy me. Like, this, this, is kind of, this is the kind of speech I need. I would be given. We need a pep talk. Did you guys and watch did... both of these movies together? We did. What guys? That's cute. Yeah, it was fun. What were you saying, Bob? Well, uh, me, I love the bad guy, the captain, the SS officer. Like he did such a good bad guy, and it took me a second to realize until Jeremy points it out that we've seen him in another movie. He's a Danish actor, so. He, he doesn't pop in a lot of American stuff, but he played a character in the live action Ghost of the Shell movie. Both Jay and I liked. Oh, oh was yeah, that yeah. good? Um, well, we like were it. people like yeah, we up in arms it. about that one? Yeah, people were up in arms about it. I don't think it's terrible. I okay. think it was it's an enjoyable movie for what it is. Um, I'm yeah. a f- big fan of the anime as well, so okay. I think that helps. But uh, yeah, I don't. I think it's a movie that got a bad rap. Yeah. Okay. But no, no, those two movies came out back to back, Jay. So that actor, that Danish actor had Ghost in the Shell, then he right, went right to being a Nazi. Oh, so he did Ghosts <laughs> in the Shell and then Overlord was right after? Yeah. It, oh, wow. I didn't realize 2017, that. 2017, what's 2018? If there's okay, anything sure. in between, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, he did it. And Game of guy. Thrones. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and Game of Thrones. Yeah. No, he was he was good. He I was just scary. still, I wanted his bad guy, his ultimate bad guy to be be more like i'm not saying he wasn't he was still he was 
horrible and like he, from the beginning and you're sort of like oh he's gonna not be your main baddie and then he ends up being but i just i could have gone for it to be a little bit more but i love yeah. the the head-to-head between him and and the the other guy yeah and he had sort of the they had the vibe going on of uh it reminded me of just like more 80s and definitely 90s like action uh movies where tropes yeah where he's your bad guy and he gets like he gets he gets whooped by the heroes for a minute, but then he's like, now I'm going to do something to level myself up, so to speak, and then I'm going to come back as an even worse bad guy at the end. And I feel like that used to be a cliche of like '90s action movies more. Where, it is. It was. Yeah. So that felt like a throwback to do that in this movie, where I'm like, okay, they they this movie felt self aware in a way in its construction, where it was throwing back to a bit to like Indiana Jones. Uh, and those sorts of, you know, uh, action adventure movies that use World War II as a motif. He was also in that Samaritan movie that we were just talking about. So I wonder if he played the bad guy in that as well. Oh, I wonder. Probably. Yeah, I bet he did. <laughs> but like you were saying, Bert, like I'm definitely anti-war movies. Not like yeah. I'm not going to support the war, but more like I don't want to watch that. Mm-hmm. Right. But like my husband, like one time we have this we haven't done this in a long time but like if we have a a, an amount of time where we're gonna be watching a lot of movies like well kind of like our podcast i'll play one for him that he's not seen and vice versa Mm -hmm. and he put on jojo rabbit which i'd never seen and had no interest in seeing and what a fucking brilliant movie oh jojo rabbit's so good oh my fucking god so so good so i just need that i mean as i've talked about i need to be more open-minded this podcast makes me more open-minded and um we're breaking down your walls (laughs) whether i want them down or not we're coming in yep (laughs) yeah it's such a good movie did you see this in the theaters bert no no the only time i go to the movies is i have jay until so (laughs) i don't go to the movies unless i have my brother i did go i went to the movies once by myself and it was so boring (laughs) and i went to see like one of the wolverine movies because i really wanted to watch it but no one could go with me and i'm like this would have been more fun if i had jay to nerd out with immediately afterwards Mm -hmm. oh yeah that's why i only go to the superhero movies with bert because i need somebody there that can be like oh my god can you believe they put that character in the you know so we can freak out about those nerd moments so yeah yeah like watching the black adam together on his couch Mm -hmm. jeremy yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally just it. Not a great movie for sure. Not a great movie, but it's more yeah. fun. But it's more fun when you have good company. So always, always. Yep. All right. Do we have anything else to say about Overlord? No, it was fun. Yeah, Damn straight. All right. So, how out of how many mutant Nazi zombies that need killing do you give this out of? Russ five. Yeah, oh, you right. go first. I'm going to give it a four. I'm giving it a four as well, uh, Bert. Four. All wow, right. four is across the board. Another. Scare of approval. Scare of approval. Yeah, double fisted scare of approval. Thank you, Bert. So that's mm-hmm. right, everybody. Go see Overlord. Like, let's let's boost the signal of this movie. Like, I don't think enough people are talking about this thing. It I was good. I thought for sure it was like based on the poster and stuff. Like, not the main poster with like the 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 baddie, but like there's another one that has all like the characters on it. I mm-hmm. thought it, for sure it was based on like a graphic novel or a comic. 
Yeah, it has the feel of it, it for sure. It but does. I guess it's just an original story. Yeah. Um, and I will say, you know, it could have verged close to the Wolfenstein video game series, which of course <laughs> is, you know, famous. Fantastic. Yeah, shoot 'em up series set during World War II, where you're fighting zombie Nazis and like robot Hitler at the end of the original, you know, game. Yep. But uh, but I feel like this movie. It had it was its own thing enough. Like it didn't feel like it was a ripoff of Wolfenstein or something like that. So okay. no, it does uh, make me wish someone actually made a Wolfenstein made a Wolfenstein movie. movie. I think that it's... would be a hard R to the extreme. Like yeah, that'd be. If you ever played the more modern games, oh good lord. Yeah, they're violent. So I'll take but your word. You never feel bad <laughs> not seeing a Nazi. Nope. Nope. But uh, yeah, there you go, guys. That's All two right. scares of approval. Yeah, Hell thanks, yeah. Bert. It's so good to have you on after going to yeah. the movies with you so many times. Yeah. 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 It's great to be yeah. here. Hell well, yeah. write in and tell us what you think of these movies or just whatever the fuck you want. Anything. Yeah. Scaring is sharing at gmail.com. Slide into our Insta. Scaring is sharing. All. One word. And smash that like button. Smash that subscribe <laughs> button. <laughs> smash it. <laughs> you have a famous quote to take us out, Bert. Uh, yeah. Keep watching the skies. <laughs> yep, because you've the... got the body. I've got the brain. It's in the trees. It's coming. <laughs> and keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is... Sharing. <laughs> Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.